A year ago, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its long-awaited Bilski v. Kapos ruling. Finnegan partner Erica Arner represented Bilski before the Supreme Court and co-authored an amicus brief to the Federal Circuit in the case on behalf of Accenture. She joins us now to provide an overview of how the Bilski decision has affected the area of patentable subject matter and touch on what's to come in the next year. First of all, Erica, nice to have you back again. Here we are a year after the Bilski decision. What's the most noticeable change you've seen in the area of patentable subject matter over the past year? Well, I think the most notable thing that's happened in the last year in this area is the number of cases that are underway at the lower courts. So after the Supreme Court's decision issued, the next appellate court, the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals, has restarted many cases which it had stayed during the Bilski decision, waiting for the Supreme Court's decision. So once that happened, those cases were restarted. And so there are a half a dozen or so cases that are now at that intermediate appellate court level that involve the issue of patentable subject matter. And a couple of different technology areas, and those are all underway. They've been argued uh, through the summer, and we expect that the decisions will be coming in the next six months to a year. So the courts have been busy fleshing out what the meaning of the Bilski decision is and how it applies in various technology areas. The other noticeable change is at the Patent Office itself, the Business Methods Group at the Patent Office has seen a continued uptick in the number of filings of business method patent applications. They have seen an uptick in their allowance rate. So the Patent Office is continuing to grant business method patents. People are continuing to pursue business method patents after the Bilski decision confirmed that business methods cannot be excluded from patenting just because they're business methods. Since the Bilski decision, have there been any notable decisions involving related subject matter? There have been two major decisions from the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit involving patentable subject matter after the Bilski decision. One came out at the end of last year, and it involved a method for processing digital images. And the uh, case was called Research Corporation Technologies versus Microsoft. And in that case, the Federal Circuit said that after the Bilski decision, it is clear that computer-implemented technologies are usually not too abstract for patenting, that generally computer-related inventions are patentable, and that in order for an invention not to be patentable after the Bilski decision, the abstractness has to be, quote, manifest. So it really was a fairly broad decision from the Federal Circuit pointing out the broad nature of Section 101 of the Patent Act, which sets forth what can be patented. And it really focused instead and said, rather than worrying about the subject matter so much, let's look to the other requirements for patenting, which include novelty, non-obviousness, whether or not the invention is new and specifically described, the more substantive parts of the Patent Act. So that one was really a promising decision for those in the software industry and even over into business methods. I think that was a good sign that the Federal Circuit uh, understood the Supreme Court said Section 101, patentable subject matter, is very broad. Another case that's been recently decided by the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals is the Myriad Pharmaceuticals case, which involves the so-called breast cancer gene. 
the question in the case was whether you could patent isolated genes that were used to determine a predisposition in a patient to breast or ovarian cancer. And it was a, a hotly watched case involving patentable subject matter. The Court of Appeals said that, yes, that, patent, that subject matter is patentable, that isolated genes are not something that occurs in nature, that there's quite a bit of science involved in extracting and isolating the genes that are used in that test. In the decision, in addition to the genes themselves, the court considered whether methods of using those genes to determine a predisposition for cancer, whether those methods were patentable. And there, the specific claims in the Myriad case were too abstract, uh, according to the Federal Circuit. Those method claims, they said, were abstract mental ideas that involved things like comparing a gene to a, a sample or analyzing things that could be done in a person's mind. And they said that methods claims like that are not patentable, but the, the isolated genes themselves were. So it was a bit of a split decision there, but a, an important one, and I would not be at all surprised to see that one go uh, next to the Supreme Court. Erica, how has Bilski affected the patent reform efforts on Capitol Hill? Well, there have been some opponents of business method patents over the years who have tried to uh, legislatively do away with business method patents. And I think some of those groups were hoping that the Supreme Court would do so in the Bilski decision. When that didn't happen, they turned their efforts back to Congress. And the patent reform legislation that's currently pending on Capitol Hill includes a special provision that makes it easier to challenge business method patents. The legislation that has passed both the House and the Senate has a provision that would allow parties to go back to the patent office and challenge the validity of business method patents, typically in the area of financial services and banking, although it's still a bit unclear exactly what the subject matter will be for patents that can be challenged there. But it's, it certainly would be a, a change in the way that the Patent Act treats business method patents if the patent reform legislation does indeed pass later this year. Erica, last year you predicted that the Supreme Court would take on a couple more cases on the issue because it was just too big to be decided in a single case. What is the next big case addressing patentable subject matter? The next big case is going to the Supreme Court during its October 2011 term. It's called Mayo Clinic versus Prometheus, and it involves a very different technology area from the Bilski case, which involved business methods. The Prometheus patents involve diagnostic or personalized medicine technology, in particular tuning the dosage of a pharmaceutical based on a person's reaction to the drug so that the dosage can be personalized. And the, the method claims in that patent are at issue in the Prometheus case. The case is interesting because it was decided twice by the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, once before the Bilski decision and once after. The Federal Circuit first said these types of diagnostic methods are patentable because they transform articles. They transform the body when the drug is administered to the patient. And the, the testing that is done to determine the body's reaction is also transformative. And for those reasons, this method, this type of method is patentable. 
Then the Bilski decision was decided by the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court asked the Federal Circuit to reconsider its decision in the Prometheus case, which it did, coming to the same conclusion. After that decision, Mayo appealed again to the Supreme Court, and this time the Supreme Court said, we'd like to hear this one. So it's a different technology area, but it involves the same issue as the Bilski case, namely, what is the scope of patentable subject matter under Section 101 of the Patent Act? So that will be the next big thing in this area of the law. Our guest has been Erica Arner, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To stay current on the latest patent trends, to listen to other podcasts in this series, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.